Hello, welcome to Hired the Podcast. I'm Travis Miller. Uh, joining me today is the illustrious Gus Bajanis, Vice President of Recruiting at Miller Resource Group. Gus has been with Miller Resource Group for coming up on uh, nine years now, an incredibly successful, talented, and passionate individual. Uh, excited to have him here talking with me today. Gus, welcome. Hey, good to be here. This is exciting. Yeah, uh, very exciting. This is your, uh, is this your first official podcast? Yeah, yeah, it's the first one. Love the room, love the setup. It's very good to be here. Yeah, well, uh, Gus, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is, you know, you've got such a good relationship with so many of your customers and so many candidates rely on you to help them find great positions. But I've noticed a lot of people working are actively not working as much as they used to, but they're not necessarily looking for a new position. The, the term on the street that's everywhere is quiet quitting. Yeah. And I, I wanted to find out your opinion on it, what you're seeing out there in the employment workplace and, and what effect it's having on, on candidates that are employed, candidates that are searching for a job, and for the companies out there that are trying to hire or trying to just create a great environment where, where people can really thrive. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, it is the buzz buzz term that's going around. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone has a, a solid definition on it. It's one uh, of the big problems. Per se. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's it, and it's not a new concept. It's right. I mean, I mean, people forever have maybe not given their all at work. Uh, that's one way to look at it. Uh, it just worked the bare minimum, and you know, their mindset is. Work is just that. It's work. I go, I'm there nine to five. I need to pay the bills, need to support my family. And I'm. if you ask me to go nine to five thirty, I'm probably not going to want to do that. I'm not really excited about that. So um, I guess that is one definition of quiet quitting, right? Just I'm going to only do the, I'm going to do the least amount that is expected of me to still do my job adequately, but I'm not really thrilled about excelling well it's for so long i think the problem is that the expectation was is that if you wanted to succeed you had to go above and beyond what was expected mm -hmm. yeah. of you in order to obtain some idea of future success future promotion you're only going to be rewarded if sure. you do work do more work or try harder than is, it, is expected of you or that we're willing to currently pay you for. And my guess is that the pandemic shifted the hell out of that idea because people from, were working from home. They didn't have their bosses over their shoulder to really dig into what they were doing on a day-to-day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day -to -day basis. They were just able to see the results. Right. And I think a lot of people were getting rewarded solely based on results and people that were performing well kept their jobs and I think a lot of people are comfortable performing their jobs well and now that a lot of them are coming back to the office or hybrid or but they're not willing to kill themselves for mm -hmm. the idea of future promotion or to do more than they're compensated or rewarded for and yeah. it seems to me that they're going back to alright this, this is a job I'd enjoyed that that balance of being at home, enjoying my family, my friends, my time. 
I'm not going to kill myself unless you're going to pay me for it. Right. And uh, I think that's fair. Do you, do you talk to candidates at all? And do they talk to you at all about how their, their life balance has shifted now that people have really returned back to what is going to be the new normal of work from home, work in the office, work from, work from anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. All, all the time. I mean, um, it is just every day um, we talk to people and I talk to people. And um, the first thing that people want to know is, what is this company expecting of me? Uh-huh. Um, as you said, the, the pandemic shifted thinking and shifted expectations and how we go about working. And so people, a lot of people have gotten used to, hey, I could do things this way, be as productive as I was, get more time with my family, um, get more time for my own well-being, and be compensated the same. And and some companies have shifted right back. Some companies have gone into the middle, as as, as you mentioned with the hybrid um, strategy. And some have said, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna stick with this work work from anywhere. Um, where they can, obviously, not all mm-hmm. positions fall into yeah. um, that. But, um, but yeah, every day, you know, when we're recruiting, as recruiters, we're on the front lines and we're talking to people. And the first question is, well, what is expected of me? Do I need? Can I work the way I have been working, or is this company going to expect something different? Not that it's bad or good or right or wrong, but those are the that's the, right out of the gate within the first minute of the conversation that's on the table Mm -hmm. Um, it's in the front of everybody's mind Um, so yeah yeah it's very important and what is what is the difference between what is expected of someone versus what do we expect somebody to do in order to be compensated more or to be promoted or rewarded is there a difference and is that a discussion it is i i think inevitably in my opinion for what that's worth i think that in the long run i think people that have the mindset of i still i don't just see this as a job as that that is the mindset of some people and that to pay the bills nine to five that's that's okay Mm -hmm. i think that's the maybe the quiet quitting mm-hmm. um, individual. Um, I think inevitably what's gonna happen, in my opinion, is the people that have the mindset that this is more than that to me. Mm-hmm. I want, this f- fulfills me, work fulfills me, mm-hmm. and I don't mind going the extra mile. I don't mind if they ask me to stay a little longer, or not even ask me, I just offer it because mm-hmm. I want to, because I enjoy my job. I enjoy the, the company I work for. I want to do more. Mm-hmm. Those people will inevi- inevitably be the ones that get promoted mm-hmm. um, because they're seen as, you know what, this isn't just punching a clock. Um, and that may, you know, that might be a little controversial to say, but, you know, I'm not going to do the bare min- minimum that's expected of me I'm going to do more because I want to do more. Um, those people are going to stick out. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, I think those will, those will be the future VPs and CEOs. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. But also, you know, kind of curious what you talked about. Quiet quitting doesn't have a good definition. So, I mean, if we look at, at you, for example, you've helped companies hire over 30 people so far this year. Yeah. Is that number that. about right? About which that. is Which is an incredible amount of people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to put you in the top one or two percent of all recruiters in MRI Network, which is one of the largest recruitment networks out there. And I know you you work your tail off, but if you said, you know what, I've I've got a new kid at home, Um, me and my family, we're earning a very good income. I'm going to make sure that I use every single PTO day I have. I'm going to make sure that five o'clock hits, I'm done. I'm spending time with with my new daughter. And you're only able to help companies hire 25 people instead of 30. Mm-hmm. Is that considered quiet quitting? I think it really depends on who you ask. If you're, if you're asking a candidate versus asking a client, um, uh, and like I mentioned, you know, you, if you Google it, you'll get a different answer every single time. Um, but no, I'd, to me, no, that would not be. And that's because we, you know, I happen to work at a company where you are engaged. You are um, concerned with mm-hmm. my health and well-being. You are concerned with my family's health and well-being. So I know that I have the ability, if I need to take time, I'm going to take time. And if I say, hey, I'm, I, I need to, you know, I just have a newborn daughter at home. I want to spend more time with her. And so I may take my foot off the gas a little bit, you know, uh, for a period of time. And I'm just not willing to neglect my daughter or my 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 family's health um, for this job. Um, I don't think that would be quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a healthy thing for me and my family, which in the long run will help me be a maybe a bigger producer or yeah. a better producer because I'm in the right headspace and the right heart space and. My family's in a good place, and I, I, I'm, I'm being a good father and a good husband. So I think in the long run, um, that, will be a, that would be a healthy thing, um, and I wouldn't consider it quiet quitting at all. Well, you said something interesting, interesting there that, um, you know, I'm, I want to do what's best for, for my family. And I read an article not too long ago, and I'm paraphrasing, and I apologize that I can't, I can't attribute it to who said it, but they said, if you're ever interviewing with a company and they say that we're family, run. <laughs> because what they're saying is, we expect you to sacrifice everything for the good of your family. Uh, and that's kind of how I think about Miller Resource Group, despite you know, the affection and care that I feel for you and that I feel for Noah, our lovely producer standing back there. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't want this to come across as a negative, but we're not family. We're a community. Yeah, I I think of us as a community and that we're all working together towards the common good. But at the end of the day, you have to take care of your family first. Mm -hmm. And if companies are expecting people to sacrifice everything for the bottom line of the organization, you're going to burn out. You might get more out of them in the short term, but over the long term, that's when they're going to quiet quit. That's when they're going to look for other places that, exactly. that really value them. You, you talked earlier about employee engagement, and that's something that 
that you're really passionate about? What are companies doing, maybe in this area specifically, to really keep their employees engaged and passionate about the work that they're doing? Yeah, um, it, it's just so important with this whole topic we're talking about. Um, I mean, I think there's there's three categories, I, I, I believe, here. There's engaged employees, there's um, disengaged employees, and there's not engaged at all. Like, I mean, or... Toxic or employees. Toxic, yeah. So there, there's, there's employees that are, you know, completely disengaged. And those are the people that want to, those are the people that I would say are calling me. Mm-hmm. In the other two categories, you have engaged and not engaged, I would say. Engaged, not engaged, disengaged. I may have said that wrong the first okay. time. Engaged, healthy culture, connected to the company, going the extra mile, um, wanting to, you don't need to ask me to, to work until 5.15 or 6 o'clock even. I, want, I believe in the vision, I believe in the mission, I believe that we are a community uh, and that my company cares about me and my family. Those are engaged employees. Um, not engaged is somewhere in the middle. You know, they're kind of checked out. Uh-huh. Um, they're, maybe the company's not doing enough um, to help them feel engaged. Um, and they're somewhere in the middle. They teeter-totter. I probably need to call them and they'll take my call. Mm-hmm. The engaged employee may not, probably won't take my call. Mm-hmm. If they take my call, they might you know, do me that courtesy, but they're like, you know what? I love where I work. I have no reason to, to look, and they probably wouldn't leave into, even if we got them a big financial increase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the disengaged employee is calling me. Um, I don't even need to reach out to them. They're, they want out. Uh, they are checked out, gone, you know, and, and the, it's a toxic culture in their mind. They don't believe their employer cares about them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but I know long way to get to your, answer your question. Employee engagement, I mean, my best clients, the, the companies that are doing the best job, do the things that we talked about earlier. They're invested in their people they communicate well to their people people know this is what's expected of me and if i do these things this is what i could expect in the future Um, so that's one part of it is communicating clearly to your your team to your employees that's how you are. If, if I don't know what's expected of me, I don't know what success and failure looks like mm-hmm. in the workplace. I don't know what the future holds for me here. I'm disengaged. I'm not engaged. So that's one part of it, communicating clearly. And I mean, just looking at it, I think the best thing that a company can do is recognize that your employees are not just numbers. Mm-hmm. They're not just metrics. They're human beings. And I think that's what the, the heartbeat of employee engagement is seeing your team, your employees as humans like you that need to be connected with. They need to have clear expectations. They need to be feel cared about it mentally, emotionally, um, physically, spiritually, like in every way that you know, you can feel cared about as a human being. You want your employer 
to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not family, and not, not like you know, we're, we're blood, but we are a community, and a community should care about one another. So um, there are many things that my clients do, whether it's health benefits and you know making that a top priority that we're going to give you good health benefits. We're, PTO, mm-hmm. some of my best companies say, take as much time as you need. Um, as long as you're per- performing well and you're doing a great job here at our company, it, we're not going to say you have two, three, four weeks vacation. Mm-hmm. Take the time you need to be with your family. Take the time you need. If you need a day because you're burned out, take a day. We're not going to question you on it. Um, so time off, benefits, health benefits. Uh, you know, some. I just visited one of my clients uh, this past week in California. With, they're building a fitness center um, for their team. They're, you know, not every company can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be tough to get a fitness center in, <laughs> in our offices, right? But, but um, you know, maybe a, a gym membership or, mm-hmm. you, you know, we, we care about your physical well-being. We care about your mental well-being. We care, care that you feel on board with the vision of our company so we communicate that clearly to you that you have a path to grow here all of those things are, I mean and much more are part of what my best clients do and and you know I, I mentioned that company in California I was introduced to about a dozen people there in their corporate offices last week and been here 30 years, been here 27 years, been here 19 years, been here 15 years. And you just go through the hallway and you're like, good Lord, these people, why don't you, why don't you want to leave? And I didn't ask that question, obviously, but it's obvious. It's a good question. It's obvious. Yeah. That you can see the community in the hallway. You could see how they interact with each other. You could see that they like each other. Um, you could see that they're cared for and they feel valued um, and just the smile on their faces. They like working at this particular company. And so why would I leave? They compensate me well. They give me great benefits. They show me that they care about me and my family. I'm not taking Gus's call, mm-hmm. you know. So you know. as you talk about employee engagement, it's it's hard to distinguish employee engagement from talks about company culture and so much of it is a it's a long-term vision of what success looks like at a company do you have any ideas or have you talked to any companies who have made a transition or made a turnaround they were in a situation where their culture could be defined as maybe not necessarily toxic but not great they didn't have Mm -hmm. a great culture and they were able to make the shift to a company that had a high employee engagement, retention, and, and a culture that they felt was thriving. Can you help somebody out that is in that not great state? What are some of the first things that they can do to help them down that path towards an engaged culture of employees who are passionate about the work that they're doing, but also have that, that great life balance? I swear to God, if you say ping pong tables, the interview is over. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll get it done. Uh, might get it done for an afternoon, but that's about it. Um, I th- I w- it's a great question. I think the first thing I would recommend that I have seen companies do is start to listen to your employees. Mm-hmm. 
well, in order to listen to your employees, you need to first ask your employees, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Where can we improve? Do we, how to rank us? Tell us how we do our benefits package. Tell us how we do as far as listening to what you have to say, as far as communicating clearly what your goals and objectives are and what, what does it mean to be a success in your role in defining what your role is, in defining what your path, you know, so asking your employees is the first, in my opinion, the first thing you can do that will quickly help you realize and, and make sure they know that they can be honest mm -hmm. and that they're not going to be penalized for being honest. That's another, you know, obviously. People are uh, so scared of that. Yeah. So people are scared to answer open, openly and honestly. So Especially they, in a culture that is already right underperforming. So you might have to start, you know, this survey anonymously. Um, I don't think people even believe those surveys are anonymous. <laughs> I saw a poll that yeah. over 60% of, of people don't think anonymous surveys are anonymous mm -hmm. in any way, which terrifies me that so many companies are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, between that, maybe uh, pulling people in, into the office and saying, hey, I want to have an open, honest dialogue with you. You're not going to be penalized at all. I want to know where we can improve. You have to start somewhere, and you may only get 70% honesty, <laughs> um, but that's better than we started with we don't care what you think we, or we display that we don't care what you think because we don't ask you. Um, so at least start asking. Um, start making some adjustments. Um, maybe reach out to um, you know other companies that you, your partners with that you know have a good culture and say, what do you do? Um, uh, because we are missing missing the the boat here, and we need to improve. And we don't really know what we should do, what we could do better. So study up on it. You know, um, on employee engagement. Study up you know, on the companies that are shining and that it's like, man, we wish we had some of their employees or their mojo or their, man, that culture where it seems like everybody's happy um, or most people. And what can we do better? What are you guys doing? And just ask. If a candidate is one of those disengaged candidates and it's because they're at a company that doesn't value them, doesn't value their contributions, they don't align with vision, whatever. As they're out there look, talking to companies, it's so easy to put lip service on all this crap. Mm -hmm. you know, companies say, we've got a great culture, we value our employees, and then you start on day one, it's like, holy shit, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. During the interview process, as, as candidates are talking to companies, what are some questions they can ask? What are some things that they can look for to make the best bet that the company they choose is one that is going to value their contribution and is going to respect the balance that someone's going to need in order to stay stay them whole their whole selves. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would I would we always tell candidates you're interviewing the client as much as they're interviewing you. So I always tell every every candidate that I have going in for an interview, it's important that you have some really good questions to ask because I know you have them, you need to ask them. Um, so what, would the, what are those most important things for you? And to each person, it might be a little different, right? It's going to be a little different. So is it time off? Is it uh, a path to advancement in your career? What does that look like? 
So I would encourage any candidate that feels that way to, to take a pad of paper and, and write down you know, a dozen questions. A lot of them are going to get answered throughout the interview process without you even asking them, hopefully. Um, but there are going to be six, seven, eight questions that didn't get answered, and they're going to turn it over to you and say, do you have any questions for us? Mm -hmm. And the worst thing I always say, the worst thing you could do is say, no, I'm good. Um, What's a typical day like? Yeah, yeah, or, or something like that. Just very basic, um, simple. Drill down. Think of questions that, you know what, um, I'm going to force their hand to come up with some examples that they really are the culture they claim to be. So drill down deeper to level two, level three type questions that whatever that may be for you, you know, time off, uh, how do you, what is the path to success here? What does that look like? What's going to be expected of me? Um, you know, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. and just come up with some really good questions like that. And when they answer the question, if it seems trite, if it seems like, hmm, you know, I don't know that you really answered my question. Drill down a little further. Say, you know, can you give me an example of that? Uh, can you tell me, is there anyone I could talk to at the company that knows a little bit more about this topic that mm -hmm. I can, you know, ask more? It's very important to me and my family. So you have to, you may be risking some things, but it's not really a risk if it's the culture that you're hoping it is. Exactly. It won't be a risk to say, you know what, I'm going to ask, I'm going to get the answers to these questions. One way or another, mm -hmm. I'm going to get my questions answered because they're important to me and my family. And I'm not willing to risk getting into this culture again that I just got out of uh -huh. or I'm trying to get out of. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'd recommend. Yeah. I mean, if, if PTO is something that's really important to you, you value that away time with your family. And you're nervous that if you ask too many questions about PTO that the company's not going to yeah. hire you because That's they're worried problem. you're going to take too much PTO. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Because then you're going to get in trouble because yeah. they're pissed off you're taking too much PTO. Exactly. So I, I think, exactly. yeah, candidates really got to define what are the things that are important to them mm -hmm. um, in every aspect of, of work of their career and not be afraid to to ask those tough questions. Yeah, it really is, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, yeah. right? That, so you've already been fooled, right? So let's not let that happen again. So ask great questions, um, interview them as much as they're interviewing. Good companies, healthy companies will respect that. They'll respect you for asking them hard questions. We always hear um, that candidates will go in and ask questions of these VPs, C-level, um, uh, executives in companies and make, when they, you make them think mm -hmm. they're impressed by that. If it's a healthy company, they're yeah. like, Whoa, she made me think on that one. And I did not have the answer. And that's something we need to address. And hopefully they say that to you. They say, you know what? I don't have that answer. And that's a great question. And we need to do better in that area. That may be a company you want to consider mm -hmm. that can humble themselves and not just say, you know what? I don't like that you're asking me all these questions. Yeah. Um, so that's a good thing. Do they feel, the company feels pressured by the questions you're asking, the tough questions you're answering, asking? That's a bad thing. If they yeah. feel like you're consulting with them, if they feel like they just got out of a consulting session exactly. after your interview, 
holy cow, you got a good shot at that job. Yeah. Um, Gus, uh, last question. Like I said, you've been at Miller Resource Group for nine years. We just moved into the new space. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on where you think the direction of Miller Resource Group is going and what you're excited about. Oh, man. it's It's been a whirlwind last couple of years here, as you know. Um, a lot of new team members in a good way. You know, we're adding to the team. We're expanding. We're growing. Um, that's the thing that I'm probably most excited about. I, you know, I have a, a, a team that I'm working with right now that um, is just fantastic. Um, and, you know, we're working well as a team and, and we're able to service our clients um, better now than we were a year or two years ago. That's exciting to me uh, that we have that ability to do more. Um, the culture, uh, as um, I mentioned earlier, just the culture here is one where you know, we do feel like a community. We do feel, whether you live in Tennessee now, now I mean, we, we didn't have anyone living out of state, you know, before COVID. Mm -hmm. And now we have Tennessee, Florida, what, the up in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Um, so, but those people feel like they live here in Chicago, mm -hmm. um, as far as a company and uh, culture and community goes. So, that's great that that has changed and it's a healthy environment um we i don't even want to say it we work hard play hard oh, no, um, he said i had it. to do it i had it. to do it um i knew you'd like that one a lot um but we do you know we i, I believe people here work hard and you know they're excited to get together um, to have a good time, to laugh, to talk about our families, to talk about our lives, to talk sports, to be in a fantasy football league together, whatever it may be, um, you know, we just enjoy each other. And that's exciting to me. And the company's growing. The company, I mean, just from a financial standpoint, we're, we're growing and doing better than we ever have. It's healthy in a good way, um, be, and that means we're helping more companies. And that's what attracted me here in the first place, that I realized nine years ago that this is a job where I can go and I could genuinely impact people's lives and impact the trajectory uh, of great companies. Um, and we're doing that more and more and more, and that's exciting. Well, Gus, thanks a bunch for investing the time to yeah. uh, talk with me today. and. I'm sure that people listening to this are going to get a ton of great value out of out of some of your insights and uh, and observations. So, really appreciate it, Gus Bajanis, Vice President of Recruiting, uh, specializing in the food and beverage industry here at Miller Resource Group, uh, has been hired the podcast. Please make sure to uh, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.